once again, welcome. This is Deconstructing the Psyche. This is Michael. This is Eamon. And here we go. We are ready. Another week. We have we we took another week off. Yeah, there was uh-huh. a hurricane that came through. <laughs> and a football game. Yeah, we went to a football game, so that was a good excuse. Um, but we're back. Ready to go. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Yeah. No complaints right now. Okay, good. Um, you want to just get into it? Okay. <laughs> I mean, we can. We can. I just saw the movie today. Yeah. The Diving oh. Bell and the Butterfly. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Mm. What do you think? That movie was... I, I It sustained my attention. It wasn't like the other movies that we saw, mm-hmm. which has a very much a lot of symbolism. Mm-hmm. And I think with that kind of work, I think the symbolic is really important mm-hmm. when you're dealing with a patient in yeah. person. Yeah. But when it's so abstract, sometimes it's sort of like hard to keep up with or pay attention to. Yeah. Unless you're in that in that state of mind when you can actually focus on that. There is a little bit of symbolism. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, you know. What? With this there's a lot of sim- symbolic, you know, images in this movie as well. Not a lot, but there was some, like you said, the iceberg. The iceberg, him underneath the, under the water. Yeah. The, the diving bell is probably the helmet, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the suit that that's they the used suit. to on the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he kept seeing that throughout the film. Yeah. Just being underneath the ocean, trapped. Mm-hmm. And then him in, in the middle of an ocean, right? On a platform in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On top. So water is very symbolic, right? Yeah. The other thing, too, the unconscious. He can't talk. Right, but he's in his mind, mm. right? And he says, "In my mind, I can be anywhere, be with any woman, eat any kind of food I want yeah. to eat, travel yeah. anywhere I want to travel." Fantasy and the imagination. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I think James Holman talked about it. Another Jungian analyst talked about yeah. the water as being symbolic. What's the symbolism of water? Is it life or the uh, unconscious? I think it is. Yeah, I, I mean, from my understanding through. Union psychology is that the water is one of the primary symbols for the unconscious and it kind of mm. it represents the unconscious on many different levels. I mean, I think one of the main type of metaphors that I've heard been used is how consciousness is kind of an island and that the ocean surrounding it is the unconscious. Mm. Right? Don't we have that symbolism in the film? I think so. Yeah. Right. I saw it today. Right. There's a moment when he's with his family. Mm. Right. I don't. I don't think he wept then. Yeah. But he's with his kids. Yeah. He can't even watch. Them. He can't even be with them. He said, "I should be able to touch them." Right. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I should be able to hold them. On touch the beach. Them. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, touch them as far as being a father to them, yeah. affectionate, right? Yeah. But then you, you see that image of him staring, and. You, He's on an island, like you said. I said a platform, but like it literally in an island surrounded by water. Uh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I mean, but you can think about the different ways that water works and how it operates. And maybe like one example is how water kind of can wash <laughs> things out. It can kind of overpower things and, and, destroy things but it can also change 
things that can change material objects and and kind of like morph them into something new or something um, that it wasn't before and then there's also all the imagery that comes along with water in terms of christian religion and and uh, baptism and purification that comes from water and that it's a healing agent and it's something that um you know kind of like that helps a person go through those purification processes to come out new in the end so yeah there's a lot of symbolism that comes along with water and union psychology yeah what i thought about right now is him in the diving bell but it's sort of like a baby mm. in a womb mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's in a way a fetus yeah helpless <clears throat> needing other people to help him survive yeah he he does seem to go through some type of rebirth or spiritual regeneration in that movie though right he has to because who are who's the guy you know what what it was so short though when he actually goes through that regeneration right that spiritual part because there's a point in the film where he's really angry mm-hmm. and i say it's short because that's not really explored in the film his anger about being yeah you know in that state of yeah. vegetation yeah right there is a lot of anger but then we cut into we cut into i can't stay like this anymore i decided to make a change Hmm. right Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. did he made a change and that's what you're talking about right a little bit yeah but he's he seems like um he's a different person almost not only because of the physical change that's happened to him but you kind of compare the person that he was before his accident and who he was after i mean what what was how do you understand him in terms of his life before do you remember, I, think, I feel like that's such an important remember part to this when movie sky when we yeah, talked about when yeah. sky he's like the playboy or he, yeah. he's similar to that right. maybe that's an archetypal figure yeah because he's a playboy as well he has a wife who loves him right he did that's one of the really well, interesting not, things about this movie but he's not married to that woman we find that his ex-wife actually like really carried about carried about him is he married to her not anymore it's his ex-wife but she like had such a powerful connection to him it seemed and maybe even him with her and he basically like left her and left his family right he left her left his family you find out about it when he's talking to his father which is a very touching moment very intimate moment of him shaving his dad oh yeah but it seems like those are one of the few moments where he has that kind of <clears throat> intimacy or permanence mm-hmm. with the person mm-hmm. someone like his father but his dad said why aren't you with her anymore your mm. wife she brings the kids over to see me why don't you bring your kids over to see me mm. it's sort of as if when he passes he's later described as a free-spirited person often with different women yeah. i think he had a woman that loved him too that never came to visit him mm. at least in the film according to the film yeah right she never came to visit him yeah and he in front of the wife says to her I miss you. Yeah. And the fucked up part about that is he the wife he can't say it because he's in the vegetative state. So his wife has to tell the other woman that he loves. Yeah. He says he misses you every day. He mm-hmm. waits for you every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're so yeah. we're, ta- we're talking about what he was like before the accident and mm-hmm. maybe kind of what you're saying is that 
he he almost didn't appreciate parts of his life and kind of what he had and yeah because he had he seemed like he had a lot you know he was not only you know this this is like a pretty attractive guy like women that like wanted him Mm -hmm. he was doing photo shoots with like lenny kravitz and he was you know the editor of l these people admired him and yeah i don't know maybe he he didn't appreciate it in some way and that seems like one of the things that's changing in the you know post-accident is him appreciating some of the things about life kind of like having to he has almost no choice right because he has to do a lot of observation and just kind of watch things and it's almost like he's forced into exactly appreciating different aspects of life that in the past he probably would have just said this isn't this is like very uh, non-meaningful it doesn't matter yeah the love or the connections yeah they weren't as important he'd see his kids when he saw his kids yeah um it seemed like you know right when he's picking up his son at the end it's almost like it's it's kind of a whatever type thing yeah and one of the things he asks his kid do you ship do you shower in the locker yeah it's so it's like weird it's random questions. i'm like is it cultural right because french culture is different than american yeah, culture yeah. and the, for our listeners the movie is in french yeah and it's not a bad movie it's good but um yeah he asks if he grew hair in his dick like dad's yeah. Typically, at least in our culture, don't ask shit like that. But, like, that's the type of shit you ask your friend. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, that kind of crude, yeah. intrusive sort yeah. of manner of speaking is more directed yeah. at a buddy rather than a son, yeah. I think. But it also seems like a question, him asking that of his son seems like a question that he's asking because he never spends time with his son and he oh. doesn't talk to him, too, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's almost like he's trying to get to know him or catch up with him after not seeing him for such a long time. And it kind of shows you the lack of intimacy and distance that there is in between them. Yeah. It's inappropriate, really inappropriate to ask your kid that like, there's no, again, there's like not that kind of father son Mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. They're not sharing moments on a normal basis. It was only until after right mm-hmm. after he was already in the vegetative state that he start to appreciate his children yeah but then he's so he's also doing that though with the kind of nurses and the people that are coming to see him right yeah he's yeah. kind of finally seeming to form bonds bonds and close relationships with people where he's he's like with them on a constant basis and he's kind of like going through ups and downs with them and i don't know it's it feels like he was possessed mm. and maybe what do you mean you're me an analysis or even i think it's analytical yeah or archetypal psychology is james hillman's <clears throat> but there's one where there's a puer mm. right and then there's a there's another one with male and female basically mm but it seems like he was just possessed by sort of the spirit of being the playboy. And mm. I think in a lot of the films that we're finding that mm. we've watched, mm. we encounter a male who is the playboy, who is the free spirited man with no real attachment to the ground, yeah. to reality. And he was one of those who was just living by the moment. 
yeah. with beautiful women writing. He's kind of a rock star in a way. Yeah. Like yeah. Editor of Elle magazine. That's a huge magazine. Mm. But in reality, like for sure. No real connections to people. For sure. It's just superficial. For sure. Living in the arts. Living oh, this reminds me of the podcast, Marion Woman's podcast, The Tension Between the Opposites, the tension of the opposites. Where there's sort of a battle between spirit and matter, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And matter is often looked at as the feminine, right? The female and spirit is often something that people want to be like. But if we always live in spirit, then we're never living in reality. Spirit always, is like the patriarchal or the masculine uh, yeah. principle, right? Yeah, yeah. And matter, that's the one that kind of is directive and has more control mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, and I, I take matter as being just the earth, you know, just mm. being here, not... It's more receptive. Right. Well, that is that makes sense, though, because mm. as he's in that more vegetative state, you know, even that word vegetative, it's... We're using... Matter. We're using ma- material terms. But as he's in that state, he's... He's no longer active. He no longer can do much with his body. No. And he's in, he's he's like completely in himself then. Yeah. That's the thing. That's matter, right? So spirit is you're up in the air living outside of yourself. Yeah. Not, and also married woman talks about, we do this with addiction. We try to leave ourselves, our body because we in some way don't want to live in the Mm. body anymore. We want to live outside of the body. Yeah. We're, we're exactly what you're saying. Matter is now he's forced to be in the body. Yeah, and he, but he's also when he's in the body, um, kind of hearkening back to what I was saying earlier, in terms of the observation, is that he's now receptive to things. He's now kind of taking things in yeah. and allowing it to have some type of effect on him, and so that would also go in line with the feminine principle you're talking about is that in, in all these the you know, cosmologies, animal. the feminine is always the, yeah. sometimes people say passive, but I, I think receptive is the better way of stating it. Cause yeah. it seems it's that you're receptive in an active way. You're kind of like taking it in and you're allowing it to you're living. do something to you. you yeah. Know? Well, the masculine is the other. Yeah. Yeah. How would you define the masculine? Masculine is more on the on the active, so active or creative. The That's creative another side. way of saying it is creative. So, like in the book, the I Ching, mm-hmm. uh, the Book of Changes, it's like an ancient Chinese text that talks about the the two main principles are the creative and the receptive spirit and matter, and they have to play off of each other. Anima but, and animus. Yeah, but you can get into it where one dominates versus the other, and that's a unbalanced way of living. That's so... Marion Woodman talks about the same thing, where if we're only living in one way of thinking, if we're only living in spirit, <clears throat> well, matter starts to talk to you, and you start to get dreams. You start. She says that for mm. women, it develops as, as rashes on the mm. skin. Right, so the body starts to react. She mm-hmm. says it also develops as even cancer in a way. Yeah. Because those parts of ourselves are not really being, you know, uh, nurtured. Nurtured, but you're also not opening up to being receptive. Yeah, for sure. Right. And because you're not opening up to being receptive, we mm. keep all this tension within ourselves. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. 
No, we don't keep the tension because we try not to feel the tension. We yeah. try to avoid the tension. I'm trying to get rid her, of it. Her theory really is you have to hold the tension of the opposites, meaning if if one makes you feel uncomfortable, good. Yeah. Feel uncomfortable. If you if you are avoiding being receptive, mm. try to be receptive. Mm. Try to allow that part of yourself the matter to to conjoin with the spirit in a way. Yeah. But if you allow only one to exist, yeah. then, you know, yeah you live a life that's very unbalanced for sure but in this film right because going on even some of her theory as well because she developed cancer at one point but she said she was addicted to being in the spirit Mm. she was addicted to magic Mm. she wasn't living in matter Mm. right going back to this film he had a seizure in the car when he was driving with his son that's the body really saying to him at least i take it as what's happening yeah you know yeah it, it was such an extreme that he got locked into his own body totally I, I i think that's so interesting though too because when you said earlier about the idea of him being possessed i actually thought you meant you were you were kind of using some type of metaphor for how he was after the stroke Mm. and that his well, he post, was. That's post stroke is a as a possession and it kind of goes back it goes to what you were just saying mm-hmm. in that it's almost like a possession where his body took possession of him his body you know it what did. i'm saying no that's that's exactly because... <laughs> like the feminine principle of him took over and said you're not running the show anymore. I'm going to I'm going to take over. I need to take over. Mm. That's exactly what Marian woman talks about though. Yeah. Because when we get visited by sort of the other side, the matter part, mm. we develop these rashes, we develop these things in our bodies. It's an actual reaction to what we're suppressing, yeah. what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. And he's with his son when he gets this seizure. This and it's an unexplained condition. Yeah. He had no prior medical yeah. condition to explain why. So he, random. Yeah, and it's a very rare condition. Suddenly he's in the car, stroke, or they say it's a seizure. But it's and it's also something where there's faulty connections with his brain now. Yeah. And so you can also think about the brain as something that's more alongside the spirit or the mm-hmm. masculine principle because that's where all the thinking goes goes on mm-hmm. whereas the body is all the feeling stuff right this, this guy is a thinker though yeah right? but he He's... turns into the he it changes when he goes into the post accident state it, it seems he be the thing he is he becomes yeah. more feeling oriented feeling but he's feeling He's more led by feelings rather than yeah. led by the logic or the rationale yeah. to get one up on someone. Yeah. He was more manipulative before. Even the way he talked to his father in a way, mm. the jokester, right? Or the way he talked to the woman that he was dating. Yeah. He's saying, you know what, when he was ha- he was with her and then we... They, how did I forget this? They actually named her Madonna in the film as well. Mm. The one, Madonna is what married woman talks about. She talks about the black Madonna. Mm. The black Madonna comes to visit you too in dreams. She's speaking to you, right? And that is a part of matter as well. And if you avoid it, she's going to keep knocking on your door. Well, that, and then, yeah. So this this conversation is going in interesting ways right now. 
can't. The scene that I'm talking about was yeah. he goes with this when woman. They go to a Ludris or whatever. Right? Ludris, right? Yeah. They go to a church. Yeah. They to go- see the, so I, I read about this. This is where the mm-hmm. Virgin Mary was supposed to have been seen, I guess. The Virgin Mary is another name for Madonna. Yeah. And it's another name for the spirit. Mother Earth, yeah. and that's the part that we often avoid because yeah. she is actually feminine. But Mother Mary is also looked at someone that people discard. That well, she's looked and, at the yeah. negative. And Virgin Mary is the is kind of like the symbol for the 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 birth, the rebirth out of out of the earth. You mm-hmm. know, like out of out of matter. That's ma- exactly it's coming out of that, and exactly. But he he when he goes there, he's, he's totally scared. rejecting of all that. Yeah, that's exactly it. But then the book he wrote, this film is based on the book he wrote, at least mm. loosely. But I think there's some accuracy to that. He is pushing away against matter for sure to live only in spirit for sure, right? And if we see if we only live in spirit, there's sort of an emptiness because we avoid the other part of ourselves. We deny that, and he's actively denying it feels very uncomfortable even making jokes yeah that a nun turns around and says that was very inappropriate Mm. he's gonna have sex with this woman right Mm -hmm. maybe the woman that he's with has better balance because she's like i accept the madonna i bought she bought the madonna or Mm. the the image of the virgin mary the statue yeah yeah. it's in front of their their bed he's like i can't have sex with you yeah if she's staring at me turn it around she's like no i'm not gonna move it Mm -hmm. it's right in front of him the symbolism of the Virgin Mary. Yeah. And he's like, no, I can't do this. I'm going to leave you. But the way he breaks up with her is very detached, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's very much like, I don't think this is working out. Yeah, it was very strange, the whole breakup. There was no real emotion. No. It was almost them. like they were kind of like what we referred to before about um, she was just an object. And yeah. He was, he seemed like he was an object to her. In a way, too, and they were very replaceable. For me, it seemed like she was more uh, cared about him, but it's playing on what he's saying. Mm, yeah, right? If he's cold true. to me, I'll be cold to him. That's she true, was like, yeah. I think we should break up. And she's like, okay, I think we should. Why is that? Yeah. And he says, because of all the things that have happened. I think when we go back, we're going to break up. Mm. Gets up, puts on his pants. He's. He, why are you angry with her? Because you can't have sex with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A part of intimacy is not just sex. There's actual love. For sure. There's comfort. There's holding each other. Yeah. You know, spooning in a way. Yeah. That's a part of intimacy or even talking. Yeah. But you can't do that because you see an image of the Virgin Mary. Yeah. Right. But that's also a I fear mean, of matter. All right? those things you were saying are examples of how you love someone in more of the feminine way too or the material like the the through the body you know married woman talks about the same thing and says i'll love you i'll love you spirit in spirit but i won't love you in matter yeah so she talks about how a man has an affair with with his mistress but then comes home to his wife he says i love my mistress my mistress in spirit yeah but i'll love my wife in matter yeah so there is a split there. The idea is really we have to hold the tension of both, saying mm-hmm. that I can't just live in one or the other. Yeah. I have to have both. But with our character, 
it seems like it's difficult for him to have that tension. He denies it and yeah. literally leaves it. He left the bedroom, yeah. went out for a walk. Yeah. One of the thing, one of the ways I, I guess I could, you could look at the loving through the spirit would also be, you know, acts of service type thing mm-hmm. or, you know, doing something for other people, kind of taking care of responsibilities. These are traditionally... Those Mas- are- masculine or male mm-hmm. dominated things like the male is the one who provides who takes care of like re- like certain responsibilities is in charge those that seems like what he was used to and what right. his life was all aligned with mm-hmm. but there's the other part that it was missing that we're talking about which is like just being there with somebody you know just talking to them just you know even holding somebody and appreciating them like those are all like the more feminine or receptive characteristics and those are the things that's like that's the ironic part about it is like that scene you talked about when he's on the beach yeah that's what he's talking about now he's like i wish i could just touch my child's hair yeah i wish i could just like you know hold them right Yeah, and that's why he's like it's so I mean that's, that's it's like making me get teary eyed as I'm talking about it it makes me emotional too to, to hear it because yeah. there's a reality to it because he that's all he wanted at that point but it was like the stuff that he didn't recognize when he was when he was you know able to do it you know it's sad yeah you know it's like towards the end of the movie I was getting choked up and I'm like <clears throat> like I'm not in, involved with anyone in such an intimate way but i have been in the past Mm -hmm. i have had my family in a way and that kind of a relationship that kind of a deep bond in a way yeah and it's hard to lose it it's hard not being able to be there with the people that you love yeah when it's gone it's like fuck yeah what happened you know and for him he's seeing it he's observing it and he's just like fuck yeah you know but i think he does so you know despite the fact that that's the case i do think that the fact that he's he writes this book is it's all done it's partially done through the spirit but it's it is very much done through matter the matter and the feminine aspect but that's what it was supposed to be like you know yeah. looking at literally the body yeah dropped him yeah and said to him you have to look at the world and literally forced him to look at the world from one eye only Mm. Mm. right and i think it's a real human experience that he was forced to face yeah in a way a punishment i think he mentions that punishment in a way yeah because he's literally forced to now look at the world through his own eyes Mm. not look at the world through the vision of everyone else looking at him Uh he's not a puer or even Peter Pan, I think, is another one. Yeah. Right? Just living a, as a boy in a fantasy. Because you even see it. It looks like a Peter Pan. Mm. He's a, he's sort of a lost boy who's not growing up. Yeah. He, here and there. Yeah. But he's literally forced to look at life as, look. Mm-hmm. I'm forcing you to look now. Mm-hmm. And in that, he's like, oh shit. This is to, what, what I was missing out on. Yeah. He has to observe... He also has to, a big part of this is he has to develop a lot of patience 
Exactly. And he has to develop the ability to just like do things so slowly. And I think that's why he develops those relationships with like those nurses, for instance, mm-hmm. is like he just has to be with them all the time. And he has to like work out all these like very difficult things with them and this very difficult well, system. Learning the alphabet. And like it's very tedious and and exhausting at times. It took but him ten months. That's part of it's I think it that's very much related to this stuff we're talking about with the kids and not being able to like hold them or touch their hair and stuff is that it's the delicateness. It's like he's that's what that whole writing process became. It's 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 very delicate. It's very it's like the flaps of the butterfly wing. And no, it actually is a feminine. And it and it it's it's like very it's all process oriented and so molecular and slow moving and yeah. he was not doing any of that everything was go 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 fast 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 right and it was like now he's getting in touch with that you know molecular s- structure of the world i think we haven't read his book but i think his book is very much about the balance of both about mm. spirit and matter even the title is another one of opposites yeah. the butterfly a delicacy yeah while the other diving bell is not you know something <clears throat> delicate not a fragility it's just something solid but the, that so but that's so interesting too because the diving bell in those dreams that's what he's he's sinking in right yeah. he's sinking in the diving bell suit which is that that heaviness you know and it's like it's the thing that's kind of like that's bringing him down to the bottom of the ocean that's what it is though and that's the same dream that she talks about it's sort of the madonna will come to you in a dream Mm. and it would be maybe a dark image yeah it would be something like that yeah and you're wondering what is that why am i in a suit trapped in a diving bell yeah because that's what you need to look at that's what Mm. you're being visited by Mm. but but it's it's almost like yeah he was the butterfly in a way he was both. He was only one at one point in life. Then he had to become both. Yeah, yeah. But he only found that balance through writing. Yeah. I think he exhausted his body to the point where that's what needed to happen. Yeah. You know. The, the whole butterfly thing also makes me think about the kind of like finite nature of time, too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, the butterfly itself is this thing that kind of like comes out of the cocoon and I don't, they don't last for very long after they're, they're born. They're born. It's almost like it just like completely goes away and leaves. mm -hmm. And, but even if it's only here for a few days, it's like this beautiful thing. And we talk about it all the time and it has such an impact on the world. And it reminds me a lot of what happens with this story, you know, where he writes this story and they say that he, passes away right after its publication and it's just like this kind of like blip on the radar almost that you could miss easily but the impact of it is so tremendous it seems you know not only to the people that he knew during that time but also the fact that they created this book and this movie based off of the experience he had i don't know 
No, I think he needed to... It made sense that he passed away after he was born, after the book was made. Right, because the book was also for him his own kind of therapy to write it. Yeah. And it was his autobiography, right? It was his memoir. Yeah. And I think he needed to explore the themes in his life that he was missing. Mm. And through the book, he was going through his own unconscious process. And that's really what the body did for him. It forced him to reflect on life before he passed on to the next. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And maybe it was for him to reconcile all the pieces. I think so. Or try to do the best he could. Yeah. It was a touching movie. I'm curious to know why it got you emotional. I mean, I don't know. I think there's a couple scenes that got to me. I can't remember them specifically right now, but um, I think just, I, I think just, you know, a couple of the things we've already talked about, this guy is starting to try to starting to find some type of appreciation for his life, you know, and starting to appreciate what he had a little bit more, uh, as opposed to kind of taking everything for granted, you know, um, that just seems like, it would be a very hard thing to do in those circumstances. I I think there's a lot of people that in those circumstances, they wouldn't, they wouldn't find the appreciation, you know, it would be more of kind of his attitude when he first gets into that position of like, fuck it almost, you know, and like life is shit and how, how ridiculous is this? And, almost yeah foregoing the whole thing whereas somehow he's able to work through that and find a reason you know kind of makes me think of like victor frankel mm-hmm. you know man's search for me and that kind of stuff where even in the the worst conditions or like one of the worst positions you could be in he's able to find a reason to Keep, keep going and and like find meaning in life too you know like he found a great deal of meaning it seems in that and it's like he started to improve and he thought he was going to do better and obviously it didn't turn out well for him in the end but um he was he was kind of like moving up you know he was he was somehow found hope i think that the meaning of his book the meaning of his book is that yeah it's really about <clears throat> really his message to people is maybe just don't live mm. only in one area of life because something like this can happen to you yeah and a lot of people got into tarot readings and mm. so tarot card readings and that would be described as sort of a tower moment mm. a moment where your tower is broken down yeah, yeah. and burning but we all go through these types of hardships marion woodman calls it a crash mm. she says the crash could be a car accident mm-hmm. the crash can be a diagnosis of some sort an illness of yeah. some sort it could either be to you or to a family member yeah we all go through this sort of 
moment in our lives that pushes us forward to grow in a way and mature to reflect upon who we were when we existed in the world yeah at that yeah. point in our lives yeah and we see that he goes through the same very same moment you know his memoir was about these were the times i lived mm. but these this is what life is now mm-hmm. maybe this is how i choose to look at life now mm. there's a beauty to the to life yeah that you miss i think if you only spend living it in one way unless you sit down and actually take the time to observe the beauty of life it you'll miss it in the blink of an eye for you sure miss it and that's what he was subjected to yeah. continuously blinking the eye yeah and that is actually a punishment in itself in a way so it's sort of the other idea of sisyphus as well where maybe we have to enjoy the small things the moments yeah yeah there's a quote in the middle of the movie so something like had I been blind and deaf or did the harsh light of disaster help me find my true nature Mm. it seems kind of related to what you were talking about right there where some kind of some kind of catastrophe allowed him to refigure everything and and realize like what I how I actually want to be and what I actually want to do and not not reject that anymore you know I think we all go through these moments in our lives it could either be the loss of a job the loss of a relationship bankruptcy yeah Yeah. you know but it's about how you define it at the end of the day like you said earlier about Viktor Frankl you choose to define that kind of reality at the end of the day Mm -hmm. it may not be an easy situation what do you do with it yeah. How do you mold yourself out of it? And that becomes alchemical. How do you grow out of the shit that you're in now? Yeah. But then it's also because, you know, when you say that, that's, I'd say that's more of what your own will is producing, which seems important. But I think going back to what we were stating earlier, it seems like a big part of that and that transformation process is how do you let the world or like the circumstances start to like Mm -hmm. wash over you? So that's kind of like going back to that water Mm -hmm. metaphor. Then how do you allow the, the water to transform you? How do you baptism, right? I mean, yeah, kind of, but Mm -hmm. the water could be the lesson. How do you allow that lesson to define you? How do you, how do you accept, the lesson yeah and for him in the beginning he was being super sarcastic he was angry you could tell he's thinking it how do you start to accept it i think at one point you accept that this is my new form of reality but that's tough you know the acceptance you know a lot saying hey this is so the question is this is the way it is the question is how do you accept how do you accept your new state of reality i don't know and the reality is the only way you accept your new state of reality is through the friendships that you have through the support system that you have because yeah in any kind of struggle you can't do it alone you need to reach out right that's true anytime i've been through hard moments in my life difficult ones yeah i've always had people who i can rely on and talk to yeah who've talked me out of the darkest 
yeah. places I've been in in my sure. life because you can't, no man is an island. No, you true. can't survive on your own. True. You know, so that's one way, right? But yeah. the other way is this you have to be willing to acknowledge that there is a problem, that there you have something you need yeah. to work on. Yeah, definitely. And unless you're willing to acknowledge it, and in, if you're in a dark place and you're not willing to acknowledge it, yeah. you're not going to be able to survive that. And yeah, and I think, I don't know, maybe this is a more radical way of saying it, but maybe giving up in some way. You, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying too. Yeah. Giving up is exactly what I'm saying too. But not too. giving up in the way that most people think. Not giving up in terms of death, not giving no, up no, in no, that no. way. But it, if we speak symbolically, yeah. it is an actual death. But yeah, it's not a death exactly. of the body. It's a death of the ego. Yeah. And what we're talking about is that you have to let that moment of life destroy your ego, yeah, yeah. shatter the way you looked at the world and accept. Yeah. Because what you are truly doing is mourning the life that yeah. you lost. And we yeah. know, right, the stages of grief, right? What is it? Denial, <clears throat> anger, yeah. denial, bar- anger, bargaining, <clears throat> um, yeah. depression, then acceptance. Yeah. Right we go through all these stages of grief, especially in these difficult moments in our lives. Let's say a person gets a diagnosis of cancer. Mm -hmm. They're going to go through all these stages of grief, but then you're given the option of what do you do with this? Go to therapy, right? Go to a support group, talk to your friends and family. Yeah. And then if you, yeah, do the, the chemo. But even that it's, you know, as you're talking, I think that you're still, and I'm not trying to criticize you in any way, but I think that a lot of the verbiage you're using is still in terms of what are you doing? Like, how are you going to solve this or what are you going to do? And I think when I, you know, going back to this thing I just said about giving up, Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're trying to relinquish your will, you know, relinquish your conscious standpoint and not it, it it makes me think very much this is very much in line with a lot of stuff that's like spoken about in aa mm-hmm. and na and groups like that where it's like yeah you're not it's not you you're you're not the one in control you're anymore in control. It's stop God. trying to do that that's mm-hmm. what's led you to these points mm-hmm. so far and you have to give up your will and i mean it kind of seems like back to that spiritual possession thing with him his body or his unconscious who whatever who whatever it is made him give up and like said you're not gonna you're not in command anymore you have no choice and maybe that for him that happened to him but maybe that's what is being asked of us a lot too in our lives is are you willing to give up are you willing to let go that's another way of phrasing it are you can you let go the thing the thing is it's about giving a time giving oh, yeah. that moment it takes time for because sure. in, a, in any stage of mourning right that part mm-hmm. of life it's about being in the moment with it living with it yeah um, i mean i speak of it quickly because uh, just like in aa 
it does take steps to overcome your addiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a solution, right? When there there are steps, but a part of the first step is to to actually acknowledge that I'm paralyzed against this disease. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you go through the steps to eventually heal yourselves, making amends, and in a way that's what he was doing, making amends with people that with his own life in a mm. way, right? But you go through all these different steps, hopefully getting out of it the other side in terms of in a state of sobriety, right? But it, what is important then, and I think we should emphasize what you're emphasizing is that each step and each moment deserve its, deserves its time. Mm. And not, no one can rush you no. when you're experiencing sure. that kind of a loss. The loss of a body, mm-hmm. the loss of strength, the loss of love. Definitely. These different moments in our lives we do have to take the time to think about it and reflect upon it right sadly he had to stay in that state right but he took the time to actually reflect in it and mm-hmm. once he was done reflecting that's when he passed that's mm-hmm. you know this movie because I was looking for another movie before this one and the other movie I was looking about it was more of a love story and it was more of about doctor-assisted suicide. I think it took place in Sweden or one, a European country. Right. I thought it was a different movie. So I found this one, right, upon a rec- recommendation from a client. Like, you should check this movie out. He thought I was talking about the other one. I thought I was talking about the other one. But I don't know. I didn't think too much of the film. But after talking about it today and breaking it down, about a week ago I listened to Marion Woman's podcast. And after breaking it down today, I'm like, there's so much to the movie. Yeah. There's so much symbolism. And you texted me earlier, like a week early, the week earlier, and you're like, I don't think this movie is appropriate for our podcast. <laughs> right? Well, it's interesting that you say that because I think that a week ago I was feeling that way. And then I've had some experiences in the last week that made me relate to the movie a lot differently. And I don't know. It's Tell it's, me more. Uh, just like things that happen in life, you know, just, and, you know, emotional experiences and changes. And, mm. um, I don't know. I, it seems kind of synchronistic in a way. The fact that not only did you, you know, listen to that lecture, was it a lecture or, but then me kind of like us giving it another week where I kind of like had some experiences where, yeah you know, maybe this is a very different conversation than it would have been a week ago. I listened to that lecture, um, <clears throat> religiously, I want to say, but every, yeah. every like other month, mm-hmm. there's just something about what she shares about yeah. the masculine and the feminine and the book I want to write with you, mm-hmm. you know, and the, sort of the topics I want to hit upon. Yeah. I listened to that lecture. She talks about being an addict, mm-hmm. you know, and some of that stuff, you know, I, I I can relate to based on my own history yeah, right? for sure. and experiences. But I, I was just compelled. Yeah. You know, uh, Monday, this past Monday, I'm like, I should listen to it again. Yeah, that's good. And I'm like, damn. But like, what's, you know, the synchronicity? It's like, what's, uh, well, it's the voice what's doing that? Honestly, that's, that's the interesting part for me. It was a voice, but it's not just a voice. It was sort of a, 
<laughs> like a magnet. It was sort of like a magnet. Like, yeah. It was drawing me in. Well, and something the, about the podcast. Yeah. Because this podcast, the, the her her lecture actually, rather, her lecture, I listened to it years ago. Yeah. Right? Nothing to do with the film, I thought, at least, because I didn't watch the film until today. Yeah. But something was saying, listen to it, listen to it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I want to listen to it. I have nothing to do. I'm going to yeah. clean my room. Yeah. Might <clears throat> as well listen to it. I mean, that's the way that the you're seeing it. It's like a magnet. That's how mm-hmm. Jung would describe the self mm-hmm. and how the self operates and where the you're kind of, it's a center that it has like a magnetic force to it and mm-hmm. it's constantly trying to pull you in yeah. and you're, you're just kind of like circling around it all the time. Yeah. And it has like this force behind it yeah it's true and the self is like the centering it's a it's the it's the thing that kind of organizes everything in your experience and it's trying to Mm. get you to understand that that's what's it's going through that it's not going through your ego so much it's everything's kind of like centered through the self yeah It's interesting. Is it good? Yeah, it's kind of a spiritual, spiritual podcast tonight, huh? I think it really speaks about the film. Yeah, and for I sure. Think the film is a spiritual experience yeah. in itself because it's inspirational. Inspirational. It, but it inspires the spirit. The spirit is indwelling due to this. <laughs> yeah, now it's within my body. Yeah. Maybe that's really the problem. Maybe the problem is that there isn't a conjoint, you know, a relationship between both mm-hmm. the spirit and the matter, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be be a whole. One and the other have to come together within yeah. the, within the body. Definitely. And when they don't, because if we're if we're always living in the mind, always living in the moment mm. of the image, mm-hmm. then we forget about living in the moment with ourselves yeah with ourselves in relation to the other definitely right and that's i think when you develop intimacy Mm -hmm. when you're there existing Mm -hmm. without an ego yeah an ego taking over and speaking for you yeah that i think that's the moment of possession the ego trying to run a show yeah well that's like do its own thing taking over and possessing the person yeah and the ego i think is different for people the ego can manifest as anxiety and a fear <clears throat> or the ego can speak to you as a depression you know and i i think it's really based on these experiences that one has yeah but yeah i think when both are joined together and living in one Mm. like there's not a fight between one or the other there's just a wholeness without yeah. the tension anymore yeah a full acceptance of both i yeah. think that's when people are like i'm good i can talk to you now yeah and i think that's what he really had at the end of the film i think he had at the end of the film of okay i'm not in vanity yeah i don't care how i look yeah i don't want to have sex with my nurse mm. i just want to be yeah the way that you're describing that the the you know, there is no separation, kind of like this idea of the individuation. It is individuation, but also the 
kind of like the lack of the lack of distinction between subject and object spirit and matter yeah but the a lot of mystical teachings and like religious ideas have that as like a main aspect of when you're coming to like realizations of what god is or coming to some like meeting point it's there's no longer that separation between the subject and the object and they're all kind of like that's kind of fusing together in a way that's synchronicity yeah that that was a moment of synchronicity for me and even for you right when you have those moments of something's driving me Mm -hmm. and i know i'm gonna open that door Mm. i'm not afraid to i'm Mm. gonna listen i'm gonna be in the moment Mm -hmm. the thing about that they're just doing it well the thing about that not just doing it but doing it in a way that you know you'll be fine trusting in the process you're trusting in the moment and that's phenomenological because you're trusting in the moment you're existing in the moment the problem with that is that it's a skill Mm. because some people can do it monks probably take years to develop that mental capacity to exist in that way of thinking to now download other different ideas or just um you said earlier that the term the term receptive to be receptive of the ideas or the moments that are coming to you the mm-hmm. lessons right mm-hmm. but yeah it's easy to reject them yeah and that, i think it happens to people all the time sure <laughs> sure um interesting yeah. topic today all right man i think this is a good place to end i think so as i often say in therapy sessions yeah i say that's your time <laughs> that is your time is there um, anything else you want to talk about no man i think that's good i think that's a good time to end that's how i end my sessions about an hour in <laughs> don't want to get you charge you any overage fees so no late fees let's get out of here in under an hour um yeah. next movie her right yeah her is that what we're gonna do damn i, I think that movie's gonna relate to yeah. i guess the series that we're doing now yeah I haven't watched that one in a while, but I've never I'm seen really it. Looking so. for, you've never seen it? I've oh, never man. seen it. That would be a good one to watch. Yeah. Spike Jones, director, former skateboard, uh, uh, skateboard. Pro skater? No, he was like a, he, he did skateboard videos. Really? And then he started doing music videos and he did a lot of really cool music videos and then he started doing films. Wow. But this is a good this is a good one to watch and a lot of AI stuff that I'm sure you'll be interested in so we'll do that next time I think we'll try to record it next week try to get back on track and yeah so it's been fun appreciate your time as always appreciate yours Uh, this is Deconstructing the Psyche this is Michael this is Eamon and we'll see you next time take care bye